Oh boy, it's the Motown Rundown. It's been a while, folks, but we're back. We are back, and we have some exciting news to break that has now been what? Is it two weeks since the since the Pistons had their draft pick, or what? Yeah, we we have really been off our game in terms Holy of scheduling. Nike, we've been bad. It is just hard, man. In the summer, we all have weird schedules and stuff, but we're not here to we're make all excuses. Up. Be better, Motown. Be better. Thank you. We well, were- I already did the Tebow thing. I already went. I already went scorched earth on myself personally, but whatever. We're back. The Motown Rundown boys are here, folks. We have all four teams to talk about today. And not only do we have all four teams to talk about, we have all four teams to talk about. Pistons, obviously, it's old news by now, but the NBA draft has come and gone. Cade Cunningham is a Detroit Piston. After all the smoke and mirrors, all the bullshlaka, we have Red Wings to talk about. We have signings. We have players leaving the team. We have a trade that happened almost a month ago that I did not mention when we talked about the draft. We will talk Lions training camp as they – I think they play the Colts tomorrow, right, as we are recording here. I didn't mention – The Bills. Isn't it the Bills? 12th, yes, August August 12th. It is a Thursday. The Lions kick off their preseason under the Dan Campbell regime tomorrow. And then we will end the show with Tigers. Miggy hitting home run number 499 the other day. We'll get into all that, but first, let's take a step back. Let's take a deep breath, quick sip of water. Guys, it's been a little bit. How are we doing? Fantastic. But Collins golfed a lot today, so I kind of want to hear how that went. I didn't golf. I caddied. Oh, you caddied. Okay, sorry. So, so, so huge difference there. So, yeah. what? yes, very big difference. So, explain to me how that went. It was fun. And who'd you caddy for? It's my part-time job for my other part-time job. Any way to any way to keep the lights on, Trent? Any way to keep the lights on? Yeah. And then Collins was just sitting at the baseball stadium for probably two hours as this as this game kept. Dude, listen to this. I go all the way to well, I'm in Toledo because I was I caddy in Toledo too. But I'm in Toledo. They go okay. uh, it doesn't look that bad. It looks like it might be a 30-minute weather delay. I go to the bathroom. I get a call from the guy. He's like, yeah, man, game canceled. I'll see you guys later. I'll see you tomorrow. I was like, okay. It was literally five minutes. I literally took a pee. Came back. No thank you. But, uh, yeah, dude, I I need – at one point in this podcast, I need to give my wisdom of Toledo Mudhens baseball. That well, just I have do just, it. Do it right now. Just do it right there's now. Not, there's not, it's just like I, all these random like triple a grinders that I like ride for now, like Adeline Rodriguez, like when Renato Nunez got the call, I was like, Hey, uh, Adeline Rodriguez has been like three fifteen with like 30 bombs, not 30. I think like 22 actually. How is he not getting the call? It's because he's 28 and I don't think the Tigers have any like investment in him. Which I understand, but I don't know. Like Jacob Robson, love that guy. Zach Short kind of rates in a minor league. Every time Victor Reyes is there, he legit can't get out. And uh, Esau Paredes, nice player. There you Here's go. His, uh, recap. Yeah, shout out to the Tigers for pulling shout out Drew Reyes. Hutchinson. Nice little. Uh, I think he's actually going to get a spot start this week for the Tigers. Yeah, also, before we go Tigers later, shout out Derek Hill for cracking his ribs uh, on Akil Badu's body. Oh, my God. It was like a car accident. Wait, what's the call? How how long is he out? I never really saw that. So, Badu's on the seven-day concussion DL and – IL. IL, excuse me. Come on. Yeah, don't don't want to get canceled here. And then Derek Hill is on the 10-day – 
Well, we know what it is. I won't call it the IL. I All right. Never I, we're, we're DL guys. The Irishman. Yeah. It is what it is. It's what it is. Haven't seen it. Don't have time. Bullshit. You got to see it. Three and a half hours long. Rabs, you come on here and you like ask for recommendations on Netflix. And I give you, I don't know, probably the best Netflix original film ever. Don't have time. No time. What? The <laughs> Irishman. The Irishman. Oh, I haven't watched it either. Okay. Move on. Move on. Well, how are you? How are you, Trent? You, we Shout out Jimmy Hall. How you were? Oh, I'm great. I'm great. Uh, I had my last day with the kids today. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to miss them. It was tough saying goodbye to some of them. So Cheers. that was. Did you cry? No, no, no. No one Did really cry. No one cried. No. But, you know, it's like it's like summer camp for these kids. So they're not really looking forward to going back to school and stuff. So they, you know, it was tough. But we hey, hey, this is actually I'm glad you brought that up, Rabs, because I did want to tell you today we took a field trip to the movie theater to see Space Jam with the kids. So I saw I saw Space Jam. I saw it. (laughs) How bad was it? I thought it was fine. Like I was. Listen, listen. My expectations were so low because Rabs, uh, who loves LeBron James, told me it was the worst movie he's ever seen. Oh my so my God, expectations so were low, bad. to be fair. If I had gone in there on like opening night and I was expecting like a great movie with lots of laughs, I, I will say this. Daffy Duck is probably the funniest cartoon character of all. Like I, he uh, kills me every great. time he talks. Awful I mean, he's, he's fun. Yeah, he's funny, but you're out. You're out of your mind. You're you a mess. Five guys who are funnier, are not counting SpongeBob. SpongeBob doesn't count. Not counting the show SpongeBob. Character. I don't know. Oh. Peter Griffin's a cartoon character. Eric Cartman, Randy Marsh. Yeah, but those are that's like adult. Patrick I'm Star. talking about just like being funny, like goofy as a kid, like cartoon, like Daffy Duck, Monopoly. I don't know. Are dude. you saying out of like all the Looney Tunes? No, I'm just saying out of cartoon characters on like shows that kids watch, not so like not Family Guy. I guess that I should have clarified. It's kind of a hack, but like, yeah, whatever. You don't have to go down this rabbit. I could make a case for Sheen or Carl from Jimmy Neutron. Okay, that's fair. You kind of look like Sheen, Collins. That was insulting, and I don't appreciate that. Collins, you're giving us Sheen vibes right now. Yeah, you kind of look like Sheen. I look like Sheen. What that? What does that mean? All right, we'll move on. Um, okay, we do have a lot to get to today, as promised. The first thing that we will talk about, we got into this, obviously, in our last episode. I think we were the night before uh, the NBA draft is when we released. But despite all the smoke and mirrors, beside, or despite all the talk of we're not committed to Cade Cunningham at one, we're willing to trade the pick, yada, yada, yada. Cade Cunningham as a Detroit Piston. Um, I guess before we get into the rest of the draft picks, we can talk about reactions. I mean, I, to me, like, I, I honestly, I kind of believe like they might not be taking Kate. I think they were committed to him all along. I really do. I think that it was probably, uh, you have to listen to all offers. Right. So yeah, I get that, but it's like at a certain point, you know, I think Troy Weaver, it was kind of pressing a bit when he comes out in the media and is like, you guys have all, you guys have all picked Cade for us. We haven't picked him yet. It's like, okay, dude. So you're clearly taking Cade number one, but exciting, exciting because that's a pick as we've said on the show many times, if Cade Cunningham stinks 10 years from now, it is what it is. Like you're not, I mean, 
hindsight's 2020. He was, for all intents and purposes, the consensus number one, consensus number one overall pick. He wants to be here. I think he looked great on draft night. All Pistons fans are fired up. So awesome. Yeah, I completely agree. I will say this. Jalen Green is probably going to be my least favorite NBA player for the next 15 years. That guy is so annoying. Collins, back. I know you'll agree with me on this. Listen, he, he's, he's already subliminally like taking shots at the Pistons in every fucking interview he does, whether it's post-game, halftime, right after being drafted. It's like, dude, you're just not better than Cade. You're a better scorer, but Cade Cunningham is far and away a better all-around player. I'm talking about like facilitating the offense, playing defense. Uh, he's even a better shooter from three. The numbers back it up. Every stage of their career, he's been a better three-point shooter. But you wouldn't think that because Jalen Green just shoots more of them. It, 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 it kind of reminds me of a LeBron and Melo situation and like when they both came out and it's like, oh, you know, they're both really good. One's more of a score. One's more of an all-around player and plays a little harder on defense. You know, like one's team wins games. One's doesn't really win games. So... That's that on that. I, I don't know. I Shout out Melo, by the way. He's going to win a ring this year now that he joined LeBron. But um, And Russ. Shout out Russ. LeBron just going to win everyone championships and then right off into the sunset. But super fired up about Cade. Uh, and, and at this point, it's really old news, obviously, as we are now halfway through the summer league. So, I, I Collins, you can give your input, and then we can touch on the other guys. But I love Cade. Love the buffs. Love the motorcade nickname. Also love the Cade Crusader. Not sure which one I like better. But motorcade and 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 shout out to Chuck Daly's family for allowing him to wear number two. He looks badass number two. So Collins, what do you think? I really like that they let him wear the number two because I it's first of all like put Chuck Daly's name in the rafters. He doesn't need a number. It's a very weird thing that they did that for. Like they have a McCloskey thing in the rafters. It just says GM. Yeah. Like I. I I don't know. Just put it like a cool picture of him in a really sick suit, like that he would always wear. Like I feel <laughs> like that. Rich. Yeah, I know. Seriously, that would be like a better like representation of him, other than the number two. But uh, looking at like, I mean, I was, I was like choked up almost when they took Cage. Just I was like, oh, the Pistons are like officially relevant. Like they are officially relevant, and they are now relevant. So it was hype. It was cool, and it's like. It's very cool for someone who's been a Pistons fan for a very long time, and they've sucked basically and been irrelevant in the NBA for like 10 years, for them to now be relevant. For me now to like turn on like an NBA national podcast and they're talking about, wow, I like the Pistons' young core. Like you never really heard that when I had to like watch Josh Smith, Andre Drummond, and Greg Monroe try and play together. Great point. Yeah, know what I mean? Like it's just – it's fun to see for someone who likes the NBA like myself that their team has actually become relevant, which is pretty sick. So I'm pretty fired up about that. Also, uh, the whole Cade Jalen Green thing. And first of all, in just summer summer league in general, like there, we're going to talk about a lot of guys here uh, that the Pistons like took or uh, given minutes to in the summer league. I'm going to take everything with a grain of salt because – especially the things that I see from Kate Cunningham. I do want to see what the jump shot looks like. I do want to see what he's like in the flow of the game, but like to expect this kid or to expect anyone to be like their finished product when they basically just met these guys like two days ago and they're just playing ball. It's, it's glorified pickup. 
And like the hype that was around that game was really bizarre. And I get it. Like you want to see the first and second pits play each other, but it was, it, it was stupid. And Jalen Green, by the way, I just love when guys who after like everyone doubted them when they've been number one recruits. Yeah, it's like six years. Exactly. And they, and they're yes. taking number two in the NBA draft. Yes. Thank and, you, Collins. That's what I was trying to get at, I guess. That's why like I when people would get mad at uh Trevor Lawrence when he's like, I don't really have that much to prove. I already got picked number one. I'm already a riches like I'm I I I've already taken care of my family, basically. And everyone was like, oh, he doesn't have drive. No, he's just honest. Like, I, I don't need to hear, oh, I'm hungry. No no one believed in me. Okay, Draymond, I've I've heard that already. You have 190 million in the bank. I get it. So, I, I don't know. That, that like, runs on tired ears for me. So, but, like, it's like my level for the Pistons is, like, 10 out of 10. Like, if I was, like, in the area and I actually had money, I would get season tickets to the Pistons. I really would. That's a great take. I would too. And and one thing that I want to just quick hit on Collins that you just mentioned is about, about like the Pistons now getting national love. I, I feel like if they take green at two or something, like if they don't get the number one pick, we're still not hearing nearly as much. Like that's how much the number one pick means to the media. And like, you know, people are talking about like Sadiq Bay and Isaiah Stewart, you know what I mean? And Frank Jackson and all that stuff. So you know what? I just think well, I think it's a much bigger deal that they actually got the first pick. So I agree with you. That's like just huge. Well, the thing about like Cade and, and like you saw him have that really nice move against Jalen Green, and everyone like it kind of went viral on social media, and everyone's like, "Oh, Cade snatched his ankle." That's not his like, like the whole thing. Like I, I don't. What did Green end up with that game? TV. I think he had twenty four. Well, he yeah, had twenty like, or something like that. And I saw someone tweet this that you need both a Jalen Green and a Kate Cunningham to win a title. And I actually kind of agree with that. Like, I really do. They're just completely different players. And I don't understand anyone, like, who watches basketball would rather have a scoring, happy two guard who's a little bit undersized or an oversized point guard who's able to distribute offense. And if if all things go right, can be an elite point guard on in a league where point guard play is literally crucial. So I like that is like the one thing I don't understand. You can make me a case that he might be a better player, but I don't understand why the Pistons wouldn't take a swing on a point guard rather than a scorer who is, while he's crucial in being able to win like a title, you need a guy like Chris Middleton. You need a guy like Kyrie Irving. He's not the main puzzle piece. Why wouldn't you try and take a shot and get the main puzzle piece? That's like my one argument on people who do not like the Kate Cunningham pit, which I, I think that is like a 5%. Like everyone in Detroit loved that pick. It was a unanimously loved in the city of Detroit. So, And, and historically, Collins, too, just looking at the Pistons, every great Pistons team has been led by their point guard. Like it's, it's Isaiah and then it's Chauncey and then it's even Dave Bing back in the day. And then even recently the two playoff appearances in the last five years where Reggie Jackson was kind of your best offensive guy. So whatever that just, that, that bears mentioning as well, but Rabs. Well, yeah, let's, let's go into the rest of the draft picks um, that the Pistons were able to pick up. They go Isaiah livers from Michigan. I was, it was so funny. I was in Indianapolis. 
I was in Indianapolis um, while the draft was going on and for my brother's baseball tournament. And immediately Trent called me after the pick him and Brock were not happy for the sake of being a Michigan state fan. I've, you know, of course the knee jerk was like F this guy, but Isaiah livers, Luca Garza, Luca Garza. We stick with the big 10 here. Uh, Big center from Iowa. Everyone knows Luca Garza. Who was the other guy? Balsa Copravica uh, out of Florida sure. State. I'm sure he'll just be, yeah, fucking whatever. I Motor City watch, Drive. Dude, I, weirdly, I've also watched way too much college basketball where I have, like, Tates on all these guys. I kind of like Balsa. I kind of do. Where did he play? Florida, Florida State. State. He, he was like their – know how they – I mean, have you – Florida State basketball is like – I would have told you he played for, like, the Lithuanian national team. Well, they didn't, so, like – Sweet prep. When he got drafted, I don't think – I think they like set his country instead of Florida State. If I'm being correct, like I could be like way off base. I don't think I was watching the draft at that point, but like thinking and just like okay, reacting to the second round draft pick since you laid him out. Did you TB? You actually don't like the livers pick? No, I do. I do. Here's what here's what happened when it initially happened. I was under the influence. And of course, just need and listen. I'm I'm huddled. I'm huddled around the Dude, Michigan fans. Love livers. No, like, and, and I I get it. And and Collins, it was it was uh it was a beeline pick, obviously, because John Beeline is now on your is part of the Pistons brass. But I'm sitting there around the euchre table with my buddy Spencer and my two wonderful brothers, and we are literally saying, "Not Isaiah Livers, not Isaiah Livers, not Isaiah Livers," just because we're state lifers. And he, I, I believe, he was the one or two guy on like the best available, the Jay Billis best of it, whatever. So we were just kind of seeing the writing on the wall, but not wanting it to happen. And as soon as they said the name Isaiah, we were like, fuck. And I, that's when I called Rabs because Rabs texted something in the group chat, whatever, neither here nor there. When I slept on it and I, and I had a couple of days to think about it. I love the pick because the Pistons just need shooting and he's a 40% shooter from three. And that's, that's literally all he's going to do. I know he can do more than that, but in the NBA, I'm not sure if he's going to be able to, he's just there to shoot. And he's, he kind of reminds me of one of those guys, almost like Bryn Forbes on the bucks this past year, where it's like his, his leash is extremely short. Like he's just out there running and shooting. And if he misses his first three in a row, he's probably not going to play the rest of the game. So and for a team that's probably going to be in, you know, I, I, I've backed off on the five seed thing. That's just not going to happen, especially after the moves the Bulls made and all that. But I, I, for a team in the Pistons who are going to be hovering around maybe the seven to, to 11 uh, range in the East, I, I just don't see the harm in, in taking a flyer on a guy like Livers because he's literally just going to run and shoot when he gets healthy. Well, I, the one thing I like about Isaiah Livers is he's just got a big frame. And he, that you need – you just like if you watch the NBA and you watch playoff games, like you need guys like that. You need bodies like that that you can throw out at elite wind scorers, and you need guys like that who can hit like your corner three. I don't think Livers has the capability of being the shooter that Bryn Forbes has, but I also think he can like defend. Like I really do think he can defend. I Like I, I – and – He's a smart point, player. He's just a smart player and a really yeah. coachable dude. Well, what's it called? I was saying this earlier. Michigan fans love him. Like he is like, like that, like more than I ever like thought. Because like, he, I mean, he went to a Final Four. He was on a really good team this year, but he was never really like the main guy. But like, you talk to a Michigan fan, they love Livers. Like, yeah, and I, that, that's Livers. a good point because you talk to Michigan State fans about like Aaron Henry, and some people just like can't stand him. So that that's a great well, point. Yeah, 
I it was bizarre. Aaron Henry not getting drafted was like bizarre to me, but like he'll have an opportunity to make the Sixers, I think. So probably worked out for the best for him. But yeah, I like that. And we talked about this pre-show about Luca Garza, the other second round pick. We talked about this two weeks ago that the Pistons, the one thing I would like the Pistons to address is to find a forward who can like a backup forward or just a forward who can initiate offense or don't get his own. It's not necessarily just like a rim running guy. And for 10 to 12 minutes, I actually think Luka Garza could do that in regular season NBA games In the playoffs. Never. He never will work in the playoffs. Is he just, uh, he defensively, he's just such a liability and they'll just put him in pick and roll. But in the regular season, for just some regular run, like if you've watched Iowa basketball the last like three years, Luka Garza cares more than like any big man I think I've ever watched play. He well, just, he also, yeah, I, he I know everyone's ass off. Everyone's talked about it, Collins. That's a good point. He's always the first one back on defense and, and really offense too, getting set yeah, he just, the paint. He just he's motivated. He tries, and, like, I, and I think like that more than any other game. Like, be you can stick in the NBA if you're like. I'm actually just going to give him my all for like 10 minutes. And I think Garza do. I honestly think he could do that. I'm well, he say also, he's, he's lost a lot of weight player. too. He's lost a lot of weight. Yeah. He looks good. He's not an impact player, but at like 54, I love that value. Cause I yep. actually do think he could help you off the bench. I really do. Lowest, lowest, uh, wooden award winner to be drafted or something like that. Like it's the lowest that a wooden award winner was ever drafted. I said that so ass backwards, but you understand what I'm saying. I think it was a bit of a steal the other night against the Rockets, 15 points in 15 minutes. He just brings energy and he's slimming down, which means he's probably going to, that's that can't hurt you. You know, as far as the NBA goes fast paced and everything, but Ravs, what were your thoughts on Luca? Um, I, I like it from a standpoint of, I think that especially when you get rid of Plumlee, I mean, and I get the basketball is relatively positionless now, but I just think Luca Garza brings a lot of a lot of intangible things, like you guys said, like his work ethic. Um, it seems like he's a decent enough guy because he was a leader of that Iowa team. Um, and I, I think that you know, do I see Luca Garza being some impact player for the Pistons? Probably not. But as you guys said, you know, that's a guy that I'm comfortable. You throw him on the floor. You know, you're going to get his best. You know, defensively, he's going to be a challenge because of his body. And not that I mean, now you're in the NBA, right? So everyone's a monster, but I, I think as far as the livers pick, I'm not going to sit here and tell you the guy whose name that I couldn't pronounce. I even know anything about him. So good for him, I suppose. But I think Isaiah livers and just from watching him play and watching so much big 10 basketball, like I think he's, he can ball. Like I, I hated Isaiah livers for the sake of, I just knew the damage that he could do with the ball. I think on the ball, he's, he's Stalking pretty talented. Sorry. Well, no, I know, but as I know, you made so the I point, know from a Michigan State fan who just watched him be terrible those games. Well, Sorry. you made yeah, you made the point that he he's never really been the star of that team. I would actually say this last year, like it was the Isaiah Lever show almost until he got hurt. So, I mean, I guess you have Franz Wagner too. I, how he went in the top ten is beyond me. Yeah, that has boss written all over it, but whatever. What, but how do you know in a top ten? He's a bit. He's a guy who's six eight yeah, athletic, really good defender who can none, shoot. None, none of his ball. highlights really. I haven't seen enough. Like, like, I haven't seen of, enough. None of his haven't highlights. The best Project. Ball defender in the well, I'm Project. Whatever. I digress. No, I'm I saying I, that because he's white and he went to Michigan and he's a European. <laughs> I don't know about <laughs> that. why you're saying that. Project. 
No, I, I just think, look, the totality of what the Pistons have done, I think the most important thing that's come from this is the fan base now has energy. Like, I, there's something, e- even, even you know, aside from basketball, like the fact that you get Cade Cunningham number one overall, it could have been anyone number one overall, but that's your first overall pick. I think Cade brings some swag. That's awesome. But to get Livers, who, like, played in Michigan or played at Michigan, to get Garza, who everyone in the state of Michigan knows who Luca Garza is, and then – you know, your other guy, whatever. I hate to rag on him. I hope he I hope he succeeds in spite well, of me. Not look, he, he is. He's on the bubble of like maybe making the, he'll like he might get some time on the team this year. I, I, I wrote out like the roster and kind of what my depth chart would be. And he's like 16, 17 and 15 guys make the cut, obviously. So I he's got a shot. It's not like it's out of the question because Collins, you're right. He's just kind of like a big scorer, essentially. And he's smart and he knows what he's doing. So I don't know, dude. I, I guess my my last juice. thing on the Pistons before we move on, unless you guys have any thoughts. Nah. I think I think Troy Weaver absolutely killed it. I mean, because he doubled down by by trading Mason Plumley and basically opening up all those minutes for Isaiah Stewart. Maybe play Jeremy Grant at the five a little bit. They talked about that. Now that you got Cade and Cade can play one through three and maybe even oh, four yeah. if your life depended on it. I don't know how they play Jeremy Grant at the five, just from a logistical standpoint. I know he's always darted bigger guys, but I, I mean, I can't buy into that. Probably just like Plumlee, a closing lineup if they had to. We you haven't know. talked about the Plumley trade. I, the one thing I like about Weaver is like, yes, he has a quick trigger. Yes, he'll be aggressive, but like, I think that shows he's like, okay, I made a mistake in this Plumley trade. Like, I'm paying him too much. And, like, guess what? Like, we're going to get off a early second-round pick because I'm willing to make – like, I'm not willing to be like, this is working. Know what I mean? Yeah, he's I not going to be Bob Quinn. He's, he's not like going to be Bob Quinn and keep driving his head into the brick wall. He's going to stick his hand up and say this was dumb for paying this guy $8 million a year to just be a yeah. step out there when I got a spry 19-year-old center jumping out of the gym in Isaiah Stewart. But, yeah. I agree. Yeah. I that's the one thing I really liked about that move. Um, last thing I want to say I about summer league just in general. Are you guys still on the say two like train? I think it like I I I am afraid to say this. Say two's a bust. I'm sorry. It's over. It's over. You know what? I, I, I want that out in the open. I want to be the first person to say that. I hope my buddies who give me all these say two stuff is listening to this podcast. I doubt they are. <laughs> But, like, guess what? Seiju sucks. He's a boss. His I wouldn't body say down. that. Look, I, I, Collins, I, I'm, I'm closer. I'm, it's clear that he does not. It is what it, he's not a bust. I, I hate calling anyone a bust. Guess what? He's probably he's going to roll in about, like, $20 million before he's, like, 25, which is a pretty successful human being. But I'm just saying, like, I don't think it's going to work, at least with Detroit. His body's not there still. His well, it's year three and his body is still not NBA ready. Did you hear his comments when they asked him about he's the longest tenured piston now? I don't know if you guys knew yeah. that, which is that's fucking crazy. And it, it's, a beautiful, it, it's a beautiful thing, though. It's a beautiful thing. We have a 20 year old who is our longest tenured piston because we have a new regime in here who knows what the hell they're doing. Finally. But um, Collins, if the two if the two options here are he's a bust and he could maybe figure it out. I'm actually closer to the side with you of like, he's a bust. I just don't think it's going to work out, but I, I will say this. At all with him. I, I, I saw it in that first preseason game. I really did. Or that first summer league game. He, he looked 
great defensively, and then just raw on offense. And it's been that way for three years. So I get it if people are frustrated. My one, I guess, motivation here and in, in, in me believing that maybe he can get, get it back on track is Dwayne Casey just loves him. Every time Dwayne Casey talks about him, he raves about him. So I have to imagine he's going to carve out his role and maybe get to that point where he's playing like 10, 12 minutes a game this year instead of just DNP every other night. Like, it's so frustrating. Because if you look at this roster right now, and we got to talk about the Olenek signing as well real quick before we move on. But but the small forward power forward slot, which is where Seku plays, it's Jeremy Grant, Sadiq Bey, Josh Jackson, Kelly Olenek. Like, Seku, I don't really know where he fits in there. And Collins, to your point, I guess that's where it's like, Move it or lose it, pal. Like at, at this point, you got to kind of. I hope, like. Hope I don't get hurt or something if you're Seku, which is terrible. Obviously, it's like he, he just doesn't have a role. I think that first year you saw a little confidence, and you're like, "Oh, I kind of like him. He's a lot more perimeter of a player than I thought he was." And then last year he took a step back. I know he had injuries, but this year, like the body, and I. I literally am overreacting to summer league, which is something I said you shouldn't do. But, like, this is a year three guy. You should be dominating in summer league. And physically, he's just not there. Offensively, he's just not there. And I think offside – like, he, he had five blocks, I think, that first summer league game. Yeah, he's yeah. Half a lot of guy. But, like, if you're not going to have that jump shot, I, I would like to see the f- other physical tools and other parts of the game kind of go along with it. And he just, I, I don't see any of that. So I'm just saying, I, I'm not, I, I'll be, it's like the, I'm fine with being wrong on Seiko, but I, I'm out on him. All right. Well, I guess we should just quick talk about the Kelly Olenek signing, uh, like, like literally real quick. I actually don't love it. Collins. I want to hear your <laughs> thoughts on like why you do. I just, why, do you, why does everyone hate it? Can some, give me your explanation. Because I just don't – because I guess at the end of the day, I want more minutes for, like, Josh Jackson or, like or, – or even Seku if we're going to go that route. Well, he just I, – I just – okay. I guess here's what I see happening, and it's going to piss me off. Kelly Olenek might be, like, in your starting lineup, and he, he yes. has no – he shouldn't be. I don't think he should be. The starting Why? lineup. What do you think the starting lineup should be? In I my think mind, it fits perfectly what they want to do. Okay, but in my mind, it's Killian Hayes, Cade Cunningham, Jeremy Grant, Sadiq Bay, Isaiah Stewart, bar none. That's your starting five. I don't know who you're kicking out. Like, I don't know who you're kicking out of the starting five. I sneaky. I mean, we can talk about this as the season goes on. I sneaky kind of like. I like the idea of Killian coming off the bench. I don't know if they're going to do it. Whatever. I. I have some. I, I don't know. I just kind of like that idea. I doubt they'll ever do that. But I like the idea of Stewart and Olenek playing together and giving the option of Cade to, to go high pick and roll. And you have a big who can step out and hit the three. And you also have a big who can roll. And I think Olenek is just a perfect guy. You need you need guys like Olenek. Like you really do. Like he's good. Say what you want about Kelly Olenek, and people are like, oh, they overpaid. Guess what? The cap is about to go way up again. Well, and they got rid of, you know, Plumlee. I'm not so worried about the money. I don't care. I guess everyone was like, they paid him $41 million. I'm like, it's nothing. Like, this cap is about to explode in his third year. The only thing for me, though, Collins, and this is my last thought, is just it, it was the length for me. A three-year deal. I mean, we're talking, we're talking about a team right now who's, like, young, up-and-coming, might make the playoffs this year. I would say definitely we'll make the playoffs next year, whether it in, in some capacity, and then you, you roll from there. So 
I don't really, I guess it is kind of synced up with the Jeremy Grant situation. So that's kind of nice, I guess. But I like what you said about Hayes potentially coming off the bench. There's, there's, there's like, they have a lot of, where this there's a lot to head. sort out. Yeah, it, and, and I guess that's what the preseason is going to be for because you're going to get these guys together. But we don't have to go all into it. I guess my bottom line is I just don't want Kelly Olenek, like playing 25 minutes a game and starting when you couldn't have like Josh Jackson or Seku out there getting some run. Uh, I don't know. That, that's my only concern, really. I, he is a nice yeah, player, and you're exactly right. Dude. Like, we're going to have these conversations all year. Yep. I just I like the Olenek deal because I think – like I said earlier, I would like a big who can init, not initiate offense, but a big who's a solid passer, who's competent around the rim, but can also step out and hit a jump shot. Like he's Kelly Olenek is a decent three point shooter and sneaky tough. So I don't know. I like the move. All right. We will now move on from the Pistons talk if you're still with us. I feel like we talked about the Pistons for 45 minutes. Long overdue, though. Long overdue. So. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose you're correct. Um, also long overdue for my hockey people out there. It's time. Let's for go. It's time for Rabs to cook. The Detroit Red Wings. First of all, let's back up. This NHL offseason has been absolutely out of control. The trades, the free agent signings, the drama with things like Jack Eichel. You see Philip Grubauer leaves. uh Leaves the abs, goes really to the Kraken. Philip Grubauer as like that. Well, it's just one of the, it's, it was news. <laughs> Mark Andre Fleury gets stabbed in the back. He gets shipped off to Chicago. First, he's not playing. Now he's playing. But this is the Motown rundown, so I will keep it all things Red Wings. That rhymed a bit. Thanks for coming. Um, so let's back up. I know we talked about the expansion draft and losing Dennis Chalowski. We talked about the NHL entry draft on last week's episode. What we did not talk about, which happened before the entry draft, which is 100% on me because I was so amped up with, with the entry draft and whatnot. But Steve Eiserman does what Steve Eiserman does. Jonathan Bernier and a third round pick to the Carolina Avalanche for Alex Nedeljkovic. Now, if you don't know who Alex Nedeljkovic is, he's a local kid in the sense that he played for the Plymouth Whalers. Rest in peace, Plymouth Whalers, who are now the Flint Firebirds. Um, he does have a house here in Canton in the summers, so it looks like he'll be living here full time. I, I when this trade went down, because we've talked at length, right, about like what are the Wings' plans and goal for the future. And not only do they go out and get a kid who I think is 24, 25 years old, but they get a guy that's going to come in and make an immediate impact. So Alex Nadelkovich, who I believe finished like third, maybe third, or could be as low as fifth in Calder trophy voting gets, gets shipped off, gets shipped off from Carolina for Jonathan Bernier, who didn't even sign in Carolina. So I know that, I, I know that uh, from hearing and what I was reading about this whole situation, I believe that Nadelkovich was offered somewhere in the territory of like $1.75 million. He wanted somewhere north of three. And for whatever reason, Carolina just decided, you know what? Despite how good our team was, we're losing Dougie Hamilton, but we get to bring Rod Brindamore back. We're bringing the band back again because for the last, that feels like handful of years, they've had the same team that's just gotten better and better. And they're so good defensively and they're so tough to play against. They bring back Rod Brindamore, the whole coaching staff Rod comes back. Bob. They say, fuck it. 
Mrazek, see you later. Nadelkovich, see you later. And Steve Eiserman was licking his chops. Like, if you guys really want to make this deal. And he even said in his press conference when he was asked, like, how did this deal go down? He was just like, you're going to have to ask Carolina. And from what I've heard in my little pockets of sources, if that owner does not like to spend money over there, but to, to get a, a goalie in Alex Nadelkovich, who granted his sample size in his like first full year in the NHL with the big club last year, he only played like maybe 25 to 30 ish games, but I want to say he had a sub two goals against average and his save percentage was like North of nine two five to like nine thirty, And, and when Peter Morazic got hurt last year, this kid essentially carried that team all the way through the playoffs. I know he's got like the famous really bad goal where he missed the post when he was pushing across the crease. And I think it was the Tampa series, but he, but to, to be that young to, to come off of, I mean, he, he won a Calder trophy with the Charlotte checkers and the AHL and throughout the years has just proven himself to be this unbelievably athletic. His compete level is so high. Um, and, and for the, for Carolina, just to be like, we're not even going to entertain paying you reasonable money for your services. And, and for the, and to go like the package of Jonathan Bernier, who was an unrestricted free agent. And you see the worst case scenario of Bernier got like 4 million or something in New Jersey. So I don't know what the hell Carolina is doing, but for Detroit to lose a third round pick on a guy that was third in the Calder voting. And as I said, He's 25. So if all works out, this is your long-term goalie and you just go draft Kosa. So you hope that in a couple of years, he's ready to back up and or you see a lot of teams now going to this two goalie system, which is totally fine. But to have Thomas Grice, who his numbers were great last year too, for a team that didn't score goals and didn't play very good defense to have that be your goalie tandem. You're all set. So Steve Iserman in the blink of an eye, answers all your questions about what are they doing in goal? Well, here's your goalie tandem for next year. And I'd put them up against a lot of goalie tandems in the league. And if all works out and Alex Ndelkovich projects out to what he showed you in his first like real full season and getting playoff experience too, deep into the playoffs for the most part, I couldn't be happier. If you're a wings fan, I don't know what else you want. Steve Eiserman just works his magic there. So that yeah, happened. I can, I can finally I, stop hounding Rabs. I can finally stop hounding Rabs on the goalie questions. And yeah, there Rabs, it is. Quick, I want to pull yes. one. I want to pull a receipt here because I believe during the NHL playoffs, I had my slap happy idiot. Don't watch hockey take. And I was like, I'm betting on Carolina. I'm, I'm putting yeah. a future on Carolina. And you said, you always said, you didn't like him to win the cup, but you said any team with a with a goaltender like Nedeljkovic has a chance. So yeah, you have just, always yes. believed in this guy. I it, have. Everybody I mean, says again, true. I watched him play. Like I'm, I'm. I, I watched him play when I was when I was younger. He's a local kid. Um, you know, again, he, I I watched the guy play in Plymouth over at what was Compuware Arena at the time, and he's just gotten better and better. And that's the thing with goalies, man. Like some guys come in like your Kata Hots, who's like 19, 20 years old, and he comes in and lights it up. Spencer Knight, same thing. But most goalies, it takes a couple of years, and and he's he's proven himself at every level that he's played at. So I couldn't be more excited for for him. Um, and I I think that he obviously wants to be here again. He got a house in Canton in the summer, so. He doesn't have to move very far. The, yes. one, the one thing that concerns me, but I could be wrong, is like you saw the Eisenman quote where basically it's like, I don't know why Carolina wanted to get rid of him, something like that. And do, is Morazic still there? No, he signed in uh, Toronto. So who's their goalie? 
They signed anti Ranta for a year, and they also I, they essentially flipped goalies with Toronto because they now have Freddie Anderson. Okay, so I don't love that move, but like, uh, it's weird of any team to just kind of like on a especially like a young guy just kind of be like, no thanks. Like that's like the one concerning thing. Like you saw that with the Pistons kind of last year, where they were basically like, "Oh, no thanks, Christian Wood." So I that is a that's one thing to be concerned about because like those teams know better than anyone. But like at the same time, at face value, it looks like a great move, and it looks like this summer has kind of been like the first summer where you've actually seen Eiserman make moves in his first three years. You know what I mean? Like so far, it's basically been like, okay, let's wait and see. He, I, it seems like he's done waiting and seeing and basically has decided that, like, hey, let's start the future, and then that's, like, two to three years. Yeah, I mean, this is a move to me that, as you said, it's it's a bit aggressive in the sense of, like, I think Steve Eiserman believes that Nadelkovich can be the goalie here for the next decade. That's So that's, you know, a, a piece that, uh, again, best-case scenario, he's here for, as I said, a decade, and Sebastian Kosa's in that too, and we're rolling. So that happened before the draft. Um, I also – I'll rattle off some quick signings here. Uh, the Wings bring back Mark Stahl on a one-year deal. Gustav Lindstrom signs a two-year contract. Um, Kyle Criscuolo, who's like an AHL guy, so no harm, no foul there. Taro Hirose comes back on a one-year deal. Very happy for him. I don't know if he'll be able to crack the big uh, – the, the, uh, the big club to start the year, but at least he's a depth piece that, that will get some more time and more uh, professional experience in the AHL. Sam Gagne comes back for a one-year deal. That was a bit surprising to me just because Sam Gagne is getting a bit older. I know he's a great locker room guy, uh, and I think he's a really good two-way center. Um, but the, the fact of the matter is, you know, at, at a certain point, it's like you, you see guys like Stahl and you see guys like Gagne come back, and I totally get the sentiment of like, hey, you know, we're, we're trying to get younger here, aren't we? But you got to have some guys that can, that can keep the locker room together, especially when you lose guys like Darren Helm and you lose a guy like Luke Glendening. The, I, I, was, I was truly upset that the fact that, that Glendening did not resign here. Um, I don't know what the conversations were between him and Steve Eiserman. I know Jeff Blashill speaks really, really highly about Luke Glendening. One of the best face-off guys in the league. He plays that sandpaper role on your third, fourth line, which you, which you 100% need. Um, but he goes to Dallas on a two-year deal, I think like $1.5 million a year. So all the best to him. Darren Helm, I don't think there was a chance that he was coming back. I don't know how much hockey Darren Helm left. Darren Helm has left in him, um, but I believe he went to Colorado, and I'm sure he'll play in that bottom six um, as a guy that, you know, has experience in the playoffs and, and competing for Stanley Cups, and um, uh, he'll add some value to a young team that's really close to being like – I mean, they're already damn good, but they're close to being that team where it's like, all right, this is a Stanley Cup contender for real. Um, so outside those signings that I named, Calvin Picard comes back on a one-year deal. Um, he'll be a guy that would be floating in the AHL. Uh, next year now we start to get into some signings that 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 actually make some noise I guess I'll rattle off Brian Lashoff comes back for one more year Hayden Verbeek comes back for one more year Luke Witkowski comes back on a two-year deal I think that's an awesome signing because whether he's playing in the NHL or he's playing in the AHL there's young guys to protect Luke Witkowski can be the guy he's an absolute nail gun I love him dude I I, the last couple of weeks, Ravs, I've just realized how big of a Red Wings psycho you are. When you're like, you know what, Lewis Witkowski, what a move. 
<laughs> no, I just like it because he come. I, like I said, he comes back. If you want him, if you want to pencil him in the lineup to take care of some business on any given night in the NHL, sure. But I think he probably understands his role. as like, look, we're gonna have guys like Raymond coming up and Insider and and Valeno and Bergen if he plays this year, and you need someone to protect them. So not many guys are gonna mess with your young guys if Luke Bukowski's on the ice. Dan Renouf comes back on a one year deal. Um, and outside of that, okay, Chase, Chase Pearson, last one, one-year deal. Those are your AHL guys. Now we're talking to some guys that are going to make an impact here. Um, Jordan Osherley comes over two years, $2.7 million contract. He was in Arizona last year. His numbers won't jump out at you. But the reason why I say it's like a relatively like decent signing because he's going to add some depth to your blue line. He's a local kid too. I believe he's from like Dearborn Heights, if I'm, if I'm, uh, if I'm not mistaken. He's a bell tire kid. He played at Western Michigan. Um, not going to jump out at you on the, on the score sheet again, I one goal and 10 assists in 43 games last year with a minus 10, uh, plus minus rating. So, um, just a piece to add depth to the blue line. Um, I guess I'll throw in Ryan Murphy there too, on a one-year deal. He'll, he'll add some depth as well. I, I'm sure he'll get more AHL time than NHL time. Um, and now we'll talk about the, the biggest signing as far as going to go out and getting free agents, Pew Suter. Two years, $6.5 million contract. He comes over from Chicago. He was a restricted free agent. Chicago decided not to extend or, or give him a qualifying offer. I really couldn't tell you why. I mean, if you remember the name Pew Suter, it's because I believe in his first game against the Red Wings, he had a hat trick. Um, he comes over as a centerman. He's 25 years old. He's listed at five foot 11. I think he's smaller than that. Um, but I do think he plays a bit bigger than his, than his size would lead you on. Um, last year with Chicago as a rookie, 14 goals, 13 assists in 55 games. But Steve Iserman, when, when he was asked, because, you know, Suter can also play the wing, um, Iserman listed off some unbelievable qualities that he has as far as his speed, his quickness. Um, he plays with some jam as well, which is, you know, a, a huge piece for a centerman to have that, uh, that two-way awareness. So, I don't know if he'll be a top six center, but the intention is, is what it sounds like from Steve Eiserman is he's going to play center on this team. So you'll, you'll probably see Vlad Nemesnikov move to the wing full time. I have to imagine Robbie Fabry will be your center on the second line. Um, so I absolutely love the signing as a, as a young guy who towards the end of his career playing in the, in the tier one Swiss league, uh, the tier one Swiss pro league was almost a point per game guy. I mean, the 1920 season, 53 points in 50 games. Um, and then the year after that too, he split time between, between the two different Swiss leagues before coming over um, and playing for the Blackhawks after his loan was up. So um, I think that's a great signing for the wings there just to sure up some depth. And I think that Pew Suter is a guy that, you know, you kind of look at how the Pistons started to do things. If you give guys like a Josh Jackson a couple of years to, to prove himself and it's no harm, no foul if it doesn't work out. And I think that Pew Suter can actually can play some big minutes here and in, in Detroit and, and hopefully produce a bit more on the score sheet. We'll keep moving on here. Um, I guess the next signing we have to talk about would be guys that are coming back to the team. Uh, no surprise here. These were deals that had to get done. Tyler Bertuzzi comes back on a two-year, $9.5 million contract. Um, $4.75 million a year. Uh, I, I guess for people that probably don't watch the Wings might be scratching their head a bit, but I love the way that Tyler Bertuzzi plays. You did, I that, thought that was a lot for a guy who hasn't stayed healthy. 
Well, yeah, and that's I, I would I would not disagree with that, Collins, because as you said, he he missed a good chunk of time last year, and he definitely got a you know a pretty sweet pay increase for a guy that didn't get to show you a whole lot. But the thing with Tyler Bertuzzi is 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 his game on the surface is not this like goal scorer, like playmaker type guy. He's, he's more of a power forward two two way forward presence that obviously, again, you want to talk about guys that are just to just play with some grit and they play angry and they're tough guys. Tyler Bertuzzi is that guy. But when you see when he plays on lines with Larkin, like he gets on the score sheet, he can move the puck. He can also score the hockey puck too, which is awesome. And I, I think that, this is probably a contract for Tyler Bertuzzi where you go ahead and say, all right, man, like as you said, Collins, a big part of it's staying healthy. So go ahead and do what you got to do. I thought it was an absolute no-brainer to bring him back. I know other teams were interested in him. I'm sure that Steve Eiserman fielded some phone calls for Tyler Bertuzzi, but Bertuzzi has become a staple of this lineup. He's a part of the core. I would like to see him be here for, for years to come. But as you said, it's all about staying healthy. If he can produce – then I think that he has a, a completely fine role on the, on, on being on a top two line, you know, like, well, I, you yeah, look I at, don't, I don't ahead. disagree. I like him. I like, him. I'm just saying I, if 4.5 felt like a lot. Yeah. And I, I, it's, I mean, 4.75 actually to be, to be exact, Sorry. but, but uh, no, but that, you, you bring up a good point. So it'll be, it'll be two more prove it years for Tyler Bertuzzi as far as what he can produce on the score sheet. And, you know, I'd say worst case scenario for Tyler Bertuzzi. I, he's a, he's a fine middle six player. I mean, that's like on any team, he really is. I think there's a lot of teams around the league that would kill to have a guy like that, that not only can play with, with some jam, but he, he, he can produce like you've seen it on the score sheet. So it's about staying healthy. Um, and then Jacob Verona comes back three years, $15.75 million. They avoid arbitration. Um, that can obviously always be a sloppy process. Um, so it's good that they avoided that. I think the report was that the wings were somewhere in the ballpark of three and a half million and Verona's camp was, I think as high as 5.75. So you compromise a bit around 5.25. And I think for what you gave up Verona for Verona, you have to keep him here because, you know, to, to go off and trade Mantha and not re-sign the guy you got for him, I think would be absolutely criminal. I know it was part of the plan all along to bring him back. So, to reach an agreement and to avoid arbitration is awesome. And the bottom line for me is this at 5.25 mil. I mean, Jacob Vrana has shown you that he can put the puck in the net. And at a certain point, while he's not the greatest defensively and Anthony Manta wasn't either, but I think you've at least seen a better aspect of a two-way game from Jacob Vrana and you've seen his goal scoring ability. And that's a guy who, as I said, when the trade was made, just kind of got buried over there in Washington as far as being a guy who's playing with your Ovechkins and your Backstroms and your TJ Oshie. So to finally give him an opportunity, not that he wasn't getting it last year when he came over, but he's going to be on your top line this year. And if he's not on your top line, he's on line too. So um, those are the two the two big signings uh, as far as Suter and, and, and Verona of guys that are coming in that, that, you're, that are going to make an impact. Um, Bertuzzi obviously comes back. They still have to get – Philip Pronick signed, who was a restricted free agent, and that deal will get done. I'm very curious to see what what his term and his money is because you look at some of the defensive signings so far in the NHL this offseason, guys have been getting paid and not necessarily guys that light up the score sheet either. I mean, you look at guys like Seth Jones, Dougie Hamilton um, that are that are making 
north of nine million dollars and a lot of people are scratching their heads with some of those signings of like you know darnell nurse gets a bag too zach warensky and i shouldn't say guys that i should i take that back as far as guys that aren't as offensively productive you see adam pelican in, in new york he gets eight years for like five seven five or maybe five and a half five point two five but islanders fans were t- were were happy as could be with that money given what other guys were getting and what the market was set like for for defensemen adam pellick while he's a guy that's not going to light up the score sheet and you see you see that's kind of the market of guys who you know hey his upside is is his defensive game and and in today's nhl you see defensemen jumping in the play a lot more you're looking for defensemen that are good skaters that can contribute offensively so with what everyone's getting paid I honestly don't even have a good feel for you as to what Hronik's money will be, but he will be back here with the wings. Um, the final thing to talk about, uh, Iserman goes back to the well. He gets Mitchell Stevens from Tampa Bay for a 2022 sixth round pick. Just adding depth, center depth. Mitchell Stevenson is another guy who just gets buried in, a, in an organization over there in Tampa Bay where they're just so good. They've been so stacked for so long. This guy is fast as the wind, Mitchell Stevens. Mitchell Stevens, I'm sorry if I said Stevenson. Um, Mitchell Stevens, he's not going to blow you away as far as his offensive production. I mean, you look at some of his numbers, like the 1920 season is where he got his, his biggest run in the NHL, 38 games, only three goals, three assists. But I think he has tremendous offensive upside. Like again, speed wise, his top end speed, he's, he's faster than he, than he probably, you'd probably expect from him. And I think he's a threat with some great hands. He's got great hands. I think he moves the puck. Well, he's definitely an offensive threat, but you know, you got to put the puck in the net. You got to produce. But again, you, you look at a guy like him who was playing, God, I would even say, you know, bottom six to just straight up fourth line minutes when he would get his chance in Tampa. So I don't know what the plan is for him. If that's a guy you want to move into your fourth line center role here, um, or if the plan is to move him to the wing, I think he is a true center as it is at six foot, almost 200 pounds. So um, all in all, I guess to wrap this all up, and that's the one thing with wings talk is I just, obviously I just ramble on and on and on and read off all these signings, but I think I would, you know, it's something that you got to do, but I think this roster has improved every single year and you have to take into account, you get another year of Phillips Adina. You're probably going to see Lucas Raymond right off the hop here. You're going to see Mo Sider hopefully right off the hop here. So a lot of this is just adding depth. You bring stall back. I know a lot of people were like, what the hell is that all about? But you know, Mark Stahl probably understands like, look, I'm going to make a cool $2 million. My family's already moved here and I'm, I'll probably be healthy scratched at, at, at some point throughout this year, but it is what it is. Um, and you even hear Mo Sider talk about how guys like Mark Stahl help him a lot as far as his development. So I really couldn't be happier with the offseason so far. There's nothing that Steve Eiserman has done that I that I scratch my head at. And maybe that's a that's like a logical fallacy to fall into because at a certain point you got to stop the honeymoon phase and you have to you know look at look at moves for what they are. But I I truly could not have been happier. And I think Trent, as you said, you asked the question all the time. I think solving that goaltender question where you're going to have Grice for another year, you probably won't see him beyond this year, but you're going to have Grice. You're going to have Nadelkovic. I think that you have made a huge improvement in the net with getting Alex Nadelkovic. You're going to get to see some of these guys next year, like your Valeno. I'm just excited. I'm excited for training camp to get underway. I'm excited to see what the roster is night one. Um, and we can go from there because there are going to be a lot of guys coming up and down next year. And you're going to get to see these guys that you've been waiting to see your ciders, your Raymond's um, your Valenos, as I, as I just said. 
So it's awesome. And, and, and the biggest thing too, to finish here is obviously we talk about all the time, how, how cap crunch the wings were as far as these contracts and they just couldn't get off the books. Helm is off the books. This is the last season you're going to get to see Franz Nielsen. I say, get to see like it's a privilege to watch him play. He has not been good and he makes too much money. We all get that at 37 years old, but he's off the books. Um, and, and then you have a lot of question marks that you, that you have to answer uh, come this next year in the offseason. For example, Robbie Fabry, do you plan on bringing him back? Nemesnikov, do you plan on bringing him back? You'll have to re-sign Philip Zadina. Um, and Adam Ernie is still another guy who you have not signed who is a restricted free agent. So it's all good, folks. I love it. I absolutely love it. And, and this is one of those things where you see like the Tigers and you're like, all right, we got all these guys with the Tigers. Who's playing where? Where are the minutes going? And that's like where we're at now with the Red Wings. Where are the minutes going? Who's going to step up? You're going to have a lot of guys that are going to get to see a lot more ice than they would with previous teams. Um, and, and, and everyone's going to try to find their role here on this team. And I think it's going to be a really awesome year to watch Red Wings hockey. That's all I got before I pass out because I'm out of breath. Good stuff, Rabs. That was very good. Thank you. I just ramble when it comes to the wings. Like it's just trying to read oh, things off and rack my brain, rack my brain for all the hockey that I watch during the year of, of what I can dissect from these guys and their skill sets. So all good stuff. Any questions, comments, concerns on the Red Wings? Go Wings. LGRW. Still Love on the not sure, but okay. Yeah, Collins is about that. I don't know about that. <laughs> Collins, about that. Collins coming in with the pessimistic hot take and a mouthful of food. Yeah. I don't disagree with anything that Rav says. I think they'll be better. And Rav definitely has a deeper knowledge of wins hockey than me. I'm not even going to, like, debate that. I'm just saying, like, you can't convince me that they have any, like, difference, difference makers on this roster. Maybe Mo Sider next year becomes one of that. Hopefully he is. But I'm just saying, I don't know. I don't see that in the future just yet for this wins until they get one of those guys who's like, okay, this guy's a point-of-game guy and actually makes a difference on winning. So that's just my take. No, that's that's fair. And I think, you know, you look at the way that Steve Eiserman's team is modeled uh, in, in Tampa Bay, and, you know, the Wings don't have a Kucherov. They don't have a Stamkos. They don't have a Braden Point. They don't have a Victor Hedman. They don't have a Sergachev. Um, but I do think that's where you see a guy like Pew Suter come over, and, you know, maybe maybe that's a guy that if you give him a crack can, can really step up and – and solidify himself as like a, as a top six NHL center. So there, it's still the process of feeling some guys out. And I think the time will come where, like you said, Collins, you go out and you go spend some money in free agency, spend some big money, or you move some prospects uh, and, and, and go get a, a real player that can step in and make an impact right away. But um, I, 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 I'm excited. Bottom line. Um, we'll go into the Lions now. The Lions, as we're talking here on Thursday, August 12th, have their first preseason game at home uh, against the Colts tomorrow. Um, obviously, the Dan Bills? Campbell. This is the Bills, Raps. Is it? You're right. It's the Bills because I said the Colts because Uncle Steve is coming in and the Colts are in town when Uncle Steve's in, but he'd rather go to the Tigers right, game and don't play them. They play the Bills every year. In preseason? Yeah, I think it's I, I don't I'm I don't know how that works, but I feel like they do every year. So yeah, that could be a thing. Okay. Who knows? But uh the Good observation, Lions, Collins. The Golden Lions observation preseason play. Um Dan Campbell has been all in the news because Dan Campbell is Dan Campbell. I honestly kind of love it. Like the Lions love don't it. really get any notoriety as it is because they're the Lions. So 
this and we've talked about this before but like dan campbell comes in and and he just brings the energy and he brings the passion he gives you sound bites and he's a respectful guy and you know, you hear him talking to the, to the Lions fans about like you guys like bring like, you're the gasoline to light this fire and make this fire grow of what we're doing. So, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, you know, you can you can talk the talk, but can you walk the walk? And, and we'll see. And not that anyone has that high of expectations this year, but at least it seems cool. like morale is high. And I think the coaching staff is all on the same page. And, you know, again, you just, you just look at the coaching staff of how many guys have NFL experience and it just, there's a lot to be excited about. So Trent, I'm sure you have an angle that you want to take this, but I figured we would mention lions football because it is back. What's it called before TV those, when you're mentioning Campbell, Campbell literally is a lions fan. If that makes any sense. Yeah. 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 He is like a guy who like stood out of the Silver Dome for like four hours and yep. get tickets in 1992. Hey, hey, here's, here's that story till this day. He's a guy who goes to Greetown and bets a little bit too much on roulette before he goes to Ford Field. Like Dan Campbell is a Lions fan, but he is also the Lions head coach. Yep. The, the Green Bay Packers have their fans as their owners, which is fucking psychotic. And the Detroit Lions have their fans as their head coach. It's great. So... Let me say this before I move into this. I think we should take at least 30 seconds every podcast to just completely trash Matt Patricia and the job that he did. So I will use that angle, Rabs, as to what you just said. You could use a bingo card to know what Matt Patricia was going to say in his postgame pressers. None of it was ever interesting. It was always, we're going to look at the tape. We got to be better. We got to coach better. That's all it ever was, close to the chest. Works when your Bill Belichick doesn't work. Yeah, he was a real Patrick. ass, wasn't he? he was what a ass. fucking idiot. And then now you got Dan Campbell, and you never know what you're going to get. I think the other day he was talking about how he used to work at a chicken coop growing up and just a, a, a bunch of stuff, dude, a bunch of crazy stuff. But anyways, I have a couple questions I want to run through with you guys just because they're going to nail some good talking points that we've heard in camp. Um, and and my, the first one is who do you think is going to end up being the Lions' number one receiver uh, for week one? Like, who do you think gets the most targets week one from Jared Goff? And I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to exclude TJ Hogginson and DeAndre Swift. So I'm talking the, the wide receiver room. Who's your number one guy? Uh, Tyrell Williams. Yeah, well, I, I guess first I should – before you go, Collins, I should probably just throw the names out there. It's Tyrell Williams, Quint Cephas, Amonra St. Brown, and uh, Rashad Perriman. So, Collins, you think Williams, why? Uh. Before he got hurt, he was actually really nice that first year he had with Oakland. Like, he had a really nice year. Tyrell Williams, really good run blocker. I don't know. I think they'll use him well. I actually really liked that signing at the time. I, I, I If I'm Tyrell Williams, I don't know why I don't go to a team that's necessarily contending because I think he could have done, had a really big effect and maybe gotten a bigger deal after that. But maybe the Lions are the best offer for him coming off in it. I don't know. What do you have, an ACL? Yeah, something in his knee. So I like him and Perriman. Trent, I know you you definitely love that Perriman's dad played on the Lions, don't you? I love that. I love that. But but more <laughs> I do love that. I'm glad you said that. But I also I love Amonra St. Brown. I don't want to go into all those hot takes. I just think by the end of the year he's gonna be like one of the guys golf trusts the most, if not the most. Uh, excluding Hawkinson. So, so Rams, what are your thoughts? Who, who's like your number one guy? Cause it's no secret that this receiving room is like C plus at best, but what do you think? First of all, is it, how do you say his name? I, I always call him Amon Ra. 
like the tab the tablet of Achman Ra I, I, at the museum. <laughs> so I'm gonna call him I'm gonna call him Amon Ra St. Brown. Uh that's that's the guy. I think hit it sounds like from all the reports out of training camp that he's impressing a lot of people with his athleticism and Dan Campbell's very high on him as far as like what he brings to the table tangibly as a receiver. Um, I I can just see him like, first of all, it's one of the best names of all time. And like, I can just see him come the end of the year. Like he's, he's breaking off like 80 yard plays, like in the slot, catching a ball over the middle. And he's like gone for a 75 yard time. I, I can just see it. I think Quintez Cephas, as far as targets go, and I know that was your question. I feel like Quintez Cephas probably might be one of the best, like I'm not saying best in terms of like the league, but best in terms of your wide receiver room, probably like most versatile all around receiver because Tyrell Williams to me like is more of a bomber in my opinion I feel like he like just catches deep balls and that's like his thing um so I would say I I think Amon Ross St. Brown is going to be fantastic I really do I just as far as like I think his he's got a great mindset I think I love I love the way that he competed in college too in the in the little bit that you get to watch him play with how much Notre Dame football that you watch he did go to Notre Dame correct USC. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of Equinemius St. Brown, his brother. <laughs> yeah. Good. Another great name. Good so, dick, Rab. So clearly, so clearly they're brothers. Yeah, they are. They are. Oh. I just, said I just said that. So clearly I've been watching the wrong St. Brown. So maybe he stinks. Who knows? But I, that's my guy. <laughs> I'm on raw. Tablet of top. I, I do. I should make a shirt. I should make a shirt. I should bring a sign. The tablet of Amon Ra. Well, do it. Do it before Barstool does it because they're probably. I'm telling you, when Amon Ra St. Brown, the Lions fourth string wide receiver. I doubt they're making T-shirts. No, no. What I'm saying is, week five when he has a three touchdown performance against the Bengals, I'm going to put take him on my fantasy team. He's like fourth string on the depth chart right now. I would slow your roll. I guess he's a a slot receiver, isn't he? Yeah, but he's like fourth on the depth chart. Their first depth chart. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't I matter. Get, it's him. That's my pick. He's going to get a lot of run in preseason, too, as a rookie. I mean, all the rookies are. But Achman Ra. now that we got that out of the way, I want to ask three buy or sell questions. This is something Collins and I did on Green and White all the time, and I have missed it. So, first one, buy or sell the Lions have a top 10 offensive line. You're talking about Taylor Decker, Penny Sewell, Frank Ragnow, Jonah Jackson, and who am I missing? Who's the last guy? Oh, Big V. Crosby? Big V. Big V. So, that, that's your offensive line. Do you think Taylor that... Do you think – yeah, I said Ragnow. Decker, Sewell, Ragnow, Jackson, and Vitae. Do you think that group, that core group of guys, has any chance of being a top 10 all-line? I think it all comes down to Taylor Decker. He had a nice year last year, but I, the year before, like, he wasn't great, and he's kind of been up and down in his career. The sentiment now is that he's just, like, really – like, he's just a solid guy. I don't really have that sentiment sentiment and I was actually listening to 97.1 they actually I think it was on Tarshan Anderson one of the callers made a decent point you draft like Sewell to be your like cornerstone guy and you're immediately putting him at right tackle I found that really interesting and I'm surprised that they maybe didn't change Taylor Decker a guy maybe with less like god given ability to right tackle but yeah I mean they could I, I mean I don't have I don't know what my expectations are for Vitai, but Radnow's really good. I think Sewell's will be really good. I like historically those guys really usually kind of pan out like or they're just awful. So I, I don't know. I have faith in Sewell. And I, I mean, like I just said with Detter, he's not 
he's a solid player. I'm just saying, I think the sentiment is gone like too far in him being like awesome. I don't know. I think they could be a top 10. I think they're right on the border. I'm not in the camp where it's like, oh, this team's in the mall, people. I doubt that. I just, I don't, I don't see that happening. Rabs, jump in here. I 100% buy it. 100%. Frank Ragnow is the best center in the National Football League. Um, Taylor Decker, that's a great point that Collins made. This, the, the success of this line, in my eyes, rests on Taylor Decker because you've seen the inconsistencies in his play of like, he's a penalty machine. Sometimes he just doesn't have his game, whatever. But I think that last year, he really turned a corner. And if he can keep up that consistent play, especially, obviously, I don't have to tell anyone that how important left tackle is. But if he can keep that up, uh, the, and you have Sewell at right tackle, who, it, it, Collins, it's, it was a, it's a good point that you said, like probably could be an all-pro left tackle. But what a luxury to have of having two guys on to, to anchor your, your offensive line like that. So, And I think Jonah Jackson has an unbelievable makeup to be a, a incredibly – incredibly uh effective guard for this team and that i know they had the one kid from kentucky that i i'm sure probably won't get a ton of run they have crosby too who i actually like his play when he comes in in spots uh, my question mark is is big v like that's a that's a quinn guy that came over for stupid obnoxious money who didn't who didn't earn a thing and i know he was hurt coming in he was hurt last year so you know for me the 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 leash is short, but if I'm not mistaken, didn't they try to play him at right tackle last year? Dude, I don't, by, I don't by fucking, I don't remember. And I, I also feel like that yeah. was the case. He was, he was one or the other. He was either a guard and they tried to move him to tackle or he was a tackle. And they tried, right, to, move they him tried to, to put him at right tackle. You're right, Ravs. Yeah. So like now he's going to get to play right guard. It, it, that was the whole thing with fucking rag. Now too was like, he's a fucking center and glass. Now was really not like, wasn't he wasn't glass. Now like primarily more of a guard in college. Well, they, they moved him to the center. Things they ever did. Yeah, well, it was they, fucking they, they fizzled. He's the best center in the fucking league, Rag. Now they fizzled. Like- they fizzled in Rag or what's his face, Glasgow into center after Travis Swanson left, and then it was like then they just drafted Rag. Now, yeah, you're, you're you're right. I don't know yeah, why. I'm so like that this. that was like such that was such an obnoxious move to me too. So the, like big V to me, it's the same thing. The guy's not a right tackle. He's not. Yeah, he's, he's got I, bad feet. His feet are fucking injured, and you have him trying to pass block guys like fucking Khalil Mack. The guys that play up with Khalil Mack and JJ Watt. So that's obnoxious. So let the guy play his real position, and maybe he'll earn his paycheck. But even like you said, Collins, if Taylor Decker, I don't mind it. Taylor Decker earned the right to play left tackle for this team last year. He did. So yep. to bring in Penne Sewell and like, oh yeah, Taylor, you're going to the right side. Is I think it would be a complete mistake. So. You know, again, now it's like you can't, or it's it's a, it's a good problem to have having two guys that can play left tackle. Taylor Decker's on up the par. You switch him, see how see how it goes. So whatever, absolutely buy a top ten offensive line. Are you fucking kidding me? Come on, great Let's takes, go. great takes. I do too. I'm Come completely on, in lockstep Sorry, with you guys. You're good. I think I I actually think that the offensive line is going to be the best unit on this team. I don't really think that's a hot take, but because no questions that, asked. DeAndre Swift's going to absolutely roll. Jamal Williams is also one of the most entertaining players in the entire NFL. I don't know if you guys have heard any of his like pressers and stuff. He, yeah, he, I've heard him. He calls cool. Mike O'Hara Silver Fox. I love it. He he. He just runs it. He, he says he doesn't want. They asked him what his reaction was to the Kate Cunningham pick, and he said who. He doesn't, he doesn't, he is hilarious. So anyways, um, I, I, we'll, we'll roll into the next question. 
But for what it's worth, I completely agree with you guys. Top 10 O-line. People forget that like Penny Sewell, I, I don't be a think, Hall of Famer. So I don't, I don't yeah. think the I don't think the Lions expected him to be there at five. So they got him. And now you've got, yeah, we list the guys. It's Decker, Sewell, okay, Ragnall, Jackson, Vitae. You got Stenberg and Crosby as your two yeah, roll in guys. Because obviously Big V ain't gonna be healthy for the entire season. He's gonna miss at least three or four games. Whatever. Next question. Buy or sell the Lions have over well, okay. This is an over under question, I guess. Oh, over right. under one and a half pro bowlers. We talked about this a couple months ago, but I think that's a great number for that. For that, and it's funny because when you think about this team, this Lions team is probably going to win like at most seven games, six games. So to have two pro bowlers and to, to hit the over, that'd be a lot. But but Collins, do you think they're going to have one and a half pro bowlers over under? Over because I think Hutchinson will make the Pro Bowl, and I think someone on the offensive line will probably make the Pro Bowl. Either Rad now or Decker or, or Sewell. So yeah. All right, Rabs, what do you think? Way over. Way over. If that's if that's an actual line on like uh, way it's over, not, it's not. I'm just I'm Dude, just setting it because who, who is the number? Rabs. Way over. Who, who, who do you think is going to the Pro Bowl? Here's who's going seat. to the Pro Bowl. Ready? Hawkinson and Ragnow are locks for the Pro Bowl if they yeah, play fine, half fine. the season. Who else? Locks. There's your two. Taylor Decker. Penny Sewell is going to win Rookie of the Year. And he's going to – I'm just kidding. Dude, you can't say that, like they're locks. Well, well, I I will I agree that I think, I think I think two is a lock. I agree. Two is a lock. Okay, two, you're two, acting like this team's talent enriched. Two, two, two is a lock. Two is a lock. I just gave you my two locks. I would say guys that are are can definitely do it. Taylor Decker, I could see him in the Pro Bowl. Fine. Swift. Pene Sewell, Pene Sewell could be a, could be a stretch, and that was my other guy. I was going to say is DeAndre Swift. I think if he if the way that I can envision him being utilized in this offense of they're not only going to actually try to pound the rock with them, but you've seen what he can do in open space and they dump those little screen passes off to him. I think he can have a, a, a great year and being sneak in like at the back end of being all pro. I really do. All right. Well, I agree. I, my sneaky, and this is, this is obviously going to be a hot take. There's two guys on the defense that I think, like actually could make it to the Pro Bowl if they if if everything goes right and that's Jeff Okuda and Tracy nah. Walker. Tracy nah. Walker could do it. Nah. Tracy Walker could have like nine picks this losing year. And just make it. Me. Okay. We'll talk about Okuda another time. But everything I'm reading right now is that Jeff Okuda's taking a huge step and he's going to be just fine. And switch his number to 23, just like Slay did after his rookie year. So he's he's uh, he's a lock for for at least like he's going to be a bona fide number one quarter. Last question on the buy or sell. Hawk, Hawkinson leads the team in touchdowns. What do you think? Big Hawk. Yes. No. Yes. Well, no. Swift. Swift. So, so you guys think Swift. Well, okay. Receiving touchdowns. Sorry. Yes. Receiving. Yes. Re- yes. So you Bye. still think Swift or Hawk? Bye. Receiving touchdowns? Receiving yes. touchdowns. Bye. Oh, he'll have more than Swift. He'll have more than Swift. Hawk. Big All Hawk. Right. I would take him. Dude, I'm. he's. Honest to God, not even being a lion slappy, I would tell you like you're looking at why you're looking at tight ends to draft in your uh, in your fantasy league. It's Kelsey Kittle Hawkinson, like no questions asked at all. That, I mean, that's as okay. It's Kelsey Kittle, fifty feet of crap, and then Hawkinson. I mean, there are well, I would say it's I would say that it's. 
Those Kelsey, two other guys. I would say it's Kelsey, like two rest. inches of crap. I would say Kelsey, two inches of crap. Kittle, three feet I, of crap. Hawkinson, ten feet of crap. Zach Ertz, if he's still even in the league. Yeah, he's still around. Here's what Hawkinson has going out. for him. Remember when Here's Kyle what Hawkinson was, was good? good. I'm just saying, Rams. Those guys are like not human beings. Like they're oh. that's how good they are. The thing know. about Hawkinson is he literally is just like by far the best skill player on this team. There's not anyone even close. So it's like he's definitely going to yeah, get the most. I don't know. I, I like Swift too, but it's just like it, as it, long it, as he doesn't drop balls, I'll love him. Well, if we're not if we're just going on what we've seen, not like we're not factoring in potential or like what we think could happen this year with Swift, because that's what a lot of it is. Like he was good last year. Let's not forget he also like dropped a game winning touchdown. Like oh, we don't forget. We know. Well, I, I, I'm just I'm just bringing it up. Like Hawkins ruined the whole season. The Patricia would still be here if he catches that. By the way, though, so probably a good, a good thing that didn't happen. Yeah. Thank thank you, DeAndre. Thank you for your service. All right. Last little thing here on the Lions. Then we can move on unless you guys have anything to talk about. I want I no, want nothing. to get one rumor from camp that you guys love or like or love whatever. And mine, I guess I, I can start would be that Julian O'Quara was giving Sewell fits because I will tell you right now, I think that says more about Julian O'Quara than it does about Penny Sewell. And I just get fired up because I love the Julian O'Quara I last. Love the O'Quaras. I, I just loved that I love pick them, last dude. year, dude. That, I love pick, them. that was my, that was they my last year. Yes. But let me, that was, he's my baby because the night before that second and third round, I told you guys that's who I wanted in round three, and the Lions finally did something that I predicted. Finally, uh, after after years of you know predicting wins and losses and getting it all wrong and whatever, I just like Julian O'Quara. I like him. I like his brother more, of course. Like I, Romeo's a lot better, but I just I for Julian O'Quara to step in here and you know to your point, Collins, he really only played like I I don't know probably three or four games last year. For him to basically step in and give this generational talent at offensive tackle in Penny Sewell some fits in camp and, and give him some issues. I think he's got potential to, to, to start on this team and like actually wreak some havoc alongside his brother. And how fun would that be to watch? So that that's, that's mine. Do you guys have any rumors in camp that you love? No, I just, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't even know. Like I, I don't even, I'm not even that dialed into the, the rumors. Well, there's, I mean, there's kind of a dumb question because there's not Give really that rumor. many going Give on. Give me a rumor. But, I'll tell you. If well, I like I'll it. tell you right now. The, the kicking situation's bad. And that's what they oh. think. Oh, is that, you know what? Rumor I like. Zane Gonzalez might be on the Lions. Zane Gonzalez is a Ryan Collins guy. He's a purple shark. And thank you, Zane Gonzalez, for service on the purple sharks the last two years. He's a purple shark for life. He is a PS for life. Well, we do have the best punter in the league. What is it? So you're saying just the kicker kicker? Yeah. Yeah. Kicker. Yeah. The, the, as far as the kickers go, it is an absolute shit show. They said it's 2014 vibes where it was like Alex Henry and Nate Freeze, and then finally you just somehow find a diamond in the rough and Matt Prater. That was, so bad. That was terrible. And that they're saying that's what it's like right now. These guys are terrible in camp, and no one's even trying to block their fucking kicks. So we'll see what happens. I, I had Randy Bullock on my fantasy team last year, so obviously I followed him a little bit. I, I thought Randy. he was pretty good. He ended up being like the third or fourth best fantasy kicker last season. Obviously, that's because the Bengals do nothing but settle for field goals. But I don't know. Maybe a little scary there because I think we all we all were we all were ready to kiss Matt Prater goodbye. But I I will tell you, I think we did take him a little bit for granted. Now that we're going to be dealing with another like guy, we got to. You guys wanted Prater gone. I don't lump me in with that, dude. I didn't want him gone. I just didn't want to like. Pay overpay to keep him. Like I mean, the, he's, the old, he's, he's, he's old. He, 
He's old. And I don't know. Old and fat. There was a lot of there was a lot of Matt Prater slander out of Rabs last year. Yeah, there was. Well, he, was he noticeably he noticeably dropped off. He was still yeah, above did. average, but he just wasn't. He, read, he missed like two field goals, and Rabs was like, "Get this guy out of town." I was like, uh, "Okay, what?" <laughs> I just don't. I, I want a guy that takes care of his body. I don't care if he's a kicker. Okay, I gotta tell okay. you, being can we move be, on. Being oh, a yeah. kicker, we can move on. It, dude, they're, they're, you cannot win for losing as a kicker, man. Holy shit! All right, is that it for Lions? Yeah, that's it. One pride. Okay, one pride. Uh, we will wrap the show up here with the Tigers. These guys, second place in the AL Central. That was two today. And cool I know Collins, cool Collins Detroit Tigers. Because they obviously will not be catching the Chicago White Sox unless something catastrophic happens. But you got to tip your cap because these guys have been awesome. They're fun to watch. They're they're like I, I don't want to say that they're must see TV, but this is like we talk about in this baseball. city they are in Detroit they are yeah I mean we talk about baseball is obviously it's one of those sports where you know it's it's easy to like miss a couple Tigers games in a row but just just from the from the team's performance man and I, I know the schedule has been relatively favorable um, I think this is they this sweep against the Orioles just now is like their ninth series sweep of the season. They're, they've this is the closest they've been to 500, as my uncle Steven said last night on the phone since his bar mitzvah. They're 57 and 60, and I know that the schedule is going to get tough here, and they, they're they're dealing with some injuries, and, and it sucks. I mean, Hill and Badu run into each other like a like a car accident. Those two guys are done for a while, but it just seems like it, do, it almost doesn't matter like what the lineup is; they can compete. Like I, I really can't. I, I really can't tell you the last time. Maybe, maybe I would say like the six to one Indians game, like last Friday, but I can't tell you the last time where I watched this team and was like they they like don't even have a chance. Like I, I would say, like before the All Star break is the last time where like these guys are unwatchable. And and I think it was Collins. You said you know that uh, in the group chat of like when. Like who expected to see meaningful innings out of Kyle Funkhauser at this point in the year? Like he's been good. Cisnero has been good. Soto makes you sweat, but at least he gets out of it. Fulmer's fucking awesome. I mean, if you have Boyd and Turnbull, they're a 500 plus 500 team. They are. So they've been just fun to watch. Obviously the big storyline is now Miggy has hit 499 home runs. The Tigers will, will see the Cleveland guardians come into town. Not a big enough story, by the way. What the guardians? No, the fact that Miggy is going to hit 500 home runs with the Tigers. It should be like the biggest story in Detroit, and it's just not. Well, I, I think that everyone's definitely aware of it. I, I would like to see what the attendance numbers are tomorrow being Friday when the Indians come. Oh, I said Indians. God, I words. Guardians. When they come to town, um, I will be trying to go to the – especially if he doesn't hit it over the weekend, I will probably be at the games on Tuesday and Wednesday. Fuck, I might even go this weekend. Who knows? Who knows what's going on? I don't know. Yeah, must be nice out. to live. Must be nice to live fucking a half hour away from the stadium. I'm so jealous of you guys. I'm stressed out, dude. I really I, – I, I need to be in the building when he hits that home run. I want to catch it. Probably a $30,000 ball. Thanks for coming. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I, I just, I really can't ask for much else for, for a team that still is kind of trying to find their identity. Um, and and you've seen certain guys step up and you're comfortable with certain guys in certain spots. Now, Jonathan scope comes back for a two year extension. I have mixed emotions. I mean, I just don't, again, (laughs) you have mixed emotions. Yeah. Oh, I love it. He's been great. 
It's a fantastic signing. They got him for nothing. I want to see Cody Clemens bad. Cody Clemens sucks, dude. I'll tell you that. He's you not watch good. Him? Yes, he I do. I know he's him. not hitting. I know he's not hitting at all. But he's a, I, Jonathan Stope. That's a good signing. Really good. Signing. If he if he can play, if he can continue this production, and he doesn't do the shit that he was doing at the beginning of the year, then sure, I can't stand to watch him at first base, guys. He's so bad at first. We stink defensively. Like I play yeah, on a well, team. It's not his We're, fault. They're terrible. Like no one to play first. And- they're terrible defensively. Miggy should play first every day. I swear to God, he's he. My my uncles always say, he's he like plays better. He hits better when he's in the field. Like he's just he more engaged. I love it. I know. I know he's banged up, but um. But yeah, Tigers baseball. I, I, I what is your? Do you not like scope grabs? What was that? No, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't dislike. I don't dislike scope. I just think again, it, it's. The problem that I have with this team, I have said it. Oh, maybe this is like a good, good, he's a good player. I know. I know. I'm fine. I said I had, I said I had mixed feelings. I said I had mixed feelings. My point is in the problem that I have with this team is there's so many guys. It's like sensory overload with all these players on this team of like, where's Castro going to play in the field? Where's Harold going to play? Where's Harold Castro going to play in the field? Now we got to give Nico Goodrum his minutes because he's sleeping with someone's wife. It's un. I can't. Nico Goodrum. Uh, I just can't. I hate to say him. it, but Nico Goodrum's their best defensive shortstop. So that's why. Oh, stop. No, he is. Grabs, grabs. Who's, who's better? Back short. I mean, he sucks. Yeah, no, he's short. not. Like hit a wiffle ball. So I know he was 0 for 23. They sent him down. What do you want him to do? He's going back he's down. He's also back on the team. But uh, he's back up. Yeah, because uh, the Badoo everyone's thing. hurt. I know. We're trying to play him in the outfield. It's actually one of the most bizarre. Oh, things. I'm so sick of the fucking outfield shit. I'm so sick of the outfield. We We're have outfielders. There's outfielders. Where's Daz? He got turf toe still. Where is he? He started his rehab in Toledo this week. But golly, um, man, that's Daz will be so, fine. Daz will be fine. next know, year's Daz is here. Next year's Daz. I'm saying back to my point. Back to my point of like I I have this conversation all the time. Like Alavila is so slap happy with just signing all these guys to fill in these roles. The Mazzara signing was embarrassing. The Ramos signing was embarrassing. Victor Reyes, Collins, you said it before the show. You like can't get him out in AAA. And he's as of late since he's come back up, he's playing really good baseball. It's timely hitting. He is he is a, a home run fine, he is a fine defender. I love Victor Reyes. It's just like, it's just this revolving carousel. And I guess, you know what? Maybe I should stop being so fucking archaic about this guy has to play this position every single day that you can't move guys around. Maybe that's on me. Maybe I have to stop being so archaic about it. But at a certain point, it's like, can I see Isak Paredes? Can he not play second? I need to see him. I want to see him play. You've seen him. He got hurt. None of these young guys can stay healthy. I do it. The thing but about when you bring, but what, what that's that's like my angle of where I'm like, I have mixed emotions about scope because I just don't like you're, you're like, are you gonna really throw Willie Castro away? He can't play short. None of these guys can I don't fucking care. play short. I don't, it doesn't matter because Jonathan Scope's the best player on this team, and you're getting him at a really good deal, and he's not that old. And they didn't spend a ton of money. I, I, I don't know. I like. They're not at the point anymore where it's like, let's just see what this guy can do. They're at the point where it's like, hey, we're done with this. Let's go fucking win. Like, let's actually win. And Jonathan Stoke helps you win. 
he's the best bat in their lineup right now. His numbers since I think May are like out of control. I do not disagree. And I think he's actually a very good defensive second baseman. He stinks at first. No, I don't disagree with that, but they have no one else to put at first. And I mean, I don't know. I I just think it was, it was a really nice signing and it was, I think it would have been really disappointing if they didn't, they let him go. I really, you you knew he was coming back once they didn't trade him. No, I, yeah, it was a year or two. You never know, Rabs. That's fair. I don't know. I think it was, I, I think it's a positive sign for things to maybe come this off season for the Tigers being able to spend some money. Can Fulmer get a spot start by the way? No, Rabs. I, 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 we might need to end the podcast right now. Yeah, what no, you, no. Why would, why, why would they do why? that? He's, he's if they don't fix it, he's fine in the bullpen. He's great. God, he should be a starter, dude. Why? Norris, because he was before he had two fucking Tommy John surgeries. Is that why? <laughs> I want Norris back too. I didn't even get. I didn't even get a shirt. I didn't even have time to get a shirt, Norris. You had four years. I don't even want to be around anymore. Yeah, four Collins, years. Collins gets hey, that reference. Let me, yeah. let me, let me. What is it? SpongeBob? Bobby is that what it is? Carl Havoc. Uh, Carl oh, Havoc. Bobby Stapes. <laughs> here's here's my I thing on the Tigers. Here's here's my thing on the Tigers. Okay, this team with and we haven't talked really since July, so I I, I gotta I gotta bring I hate, this up. Trent, I hate to interrupt. I love the Tigers, guys. I love them. I love them so much. We oh, haven't yeah, talked about great. them in two weeks. I love them. I'm no, sorry. I know. This is, this is what Go I'm ahead. saying. We, we are not approaching spot starts. You guys are best bullpen arm. Uh, <laughs> listen, we're approaching mid-August here, okay? And we haven't talked since the end of July. I don't know if you heard, but the Tigers locked up a winning record in July that made it their third straight month with a winning record. If you didn't shit the bet in April, maybe you'd be – I don't know, hey, two or three dude, games man. back of the division right now instead of 11, and we would be fucking strapped in for this pennant race, and it would be awesome. Now, so now gra- hurt right granted, now. So hurt. yes, two things, Rabs. Yes, the team is very, very, very hurt, particularly on the pitching staff. And then you look at the schedule coming up, and it's the Blue Jays, Angels, Cardinals, and A's. Three of those four teams have winning records. The Angels are one game below 500, and they've got Shohei Otani. So, obviously, no days off there, and I'm not going to start to do the whole season wrap-up, but I have to <laughs> – you, you have to say – that this season was a success. You could say that about last season. Well, we got a lot of season left. Yeah, yeah that, I know. I understand. But I'm, what I'm saying, Rabs, is the schedule gets tough here. And the team is injury riddled. They're not making the playoffs. But they are watchable. And they have definitively taken a step with no asterisks. Because last season was only 60 games. You were able to get experimental with things. And while plenty of players took steps up, like Willie Castro, they also regressed this year when things return to normal and there's no fans. So I just think that's important to note, but I have to say overall, so far, the season's been a, a smashing, not smashing, but a, a success. And I love the Jonathan Scope deal. We'll see how this team ends out the season. But I, I just, this first year under AJ Hinch, I don't know how you can look me in the eyes and, and, and be anything but somewhat pleased. I know we all have our gripes with the bullpen because they do suck. You get up 14-0 on the Twins, and then all of a sudden it's 14-13 and you win. I I get it. I get it. But I'm just saying this team has been great to watch. We'll see what happens over the next four series. Those are are my only takes on the Tigers. I don't know. And I I love Miggy. I love you, Miggy. Please hit your 500 tomorrow. My brother will be in attendance. Rabs will be in attendance. I don't know. It's it's bizarre. Miggy has such a weird – 
for being like the best athlete in the last like 20 years, I would say for Detroit sports, he's like not treated like that. It's very bizarre. I don't know. And I can't put my finger on it because I don't like for a guy like Stafford, who's awesome. Like Stafford was like the most beloved, like Detroit, like he was polarizing for a little bit, but like people, there were like ride or die Stafford guys. You never really see like there's ride or die Miggy guys, but like, throughout the media there isn't as large of a mass i don't know it's kind of weird to me but whatever we can move on no i get what you're saying i think a lot of it is uh, honestly collins it comes down to number one not that the lot not that the lions are well, hold like, up you know, Stephen a smith not to cut you off Stephen a smith would tell you it's because he doesn't speak fluent english but go ahead rabs no but i honestly trent like that's i think it's you know stafford is very very involved in the community not and and he's you know you you hear him in press conferences all the time and and people know like what a war like football is like innately a different sport too you know you see him go to battle you see him take hits whatever but i get it collins you're right i think a lot of it comes down to the fact that he is getting the money that he's getting and people are bitter of like Oh, we're paying him all this money, and, and it's 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 that, blocking out a I lot of success. But I, I, I'm, that ship for me has fucking sailed, man. That yeah, I don't sailed. I don't get that. Everyone who's still, by the way, the fact that people I am in the boat where it's like, guess what? This guy was the best player in baseball for about three years. We des- he deserves the money he got. Like I hate yes. that. I always hate that. But um, no, you're you're right. But I that that I, I think that as far as like the 500 and stuff goes, I, you know, Collins, maybe you're right. Maybe it's just a, a product of like, you know, I don't know what the outside perspective is on Miggy. I know everyone respects his game, um, but, you know, I, I definitely think there's that feeling of like, come on, guys, like, it's, you know, 500, like, hello. But I think people are going to show out this weekend to see it. I do. I, I, I think people do. I, like Miggy is like everyone's tiger because they've been so bad and not, I, there's really no one that's like solidified themselves as being like, Oh yeah. I mean, maybe people are starting to get on like the candy train or like, you know, Badoo, which is kind of like, you know, recency bias, but people love yeah. Miggy. I, the tigers are fucking so awesome. Candy's been awesome recently under the radar because Badoo is before he got hurt. Yeah. And I mean, Hey, you know, I guess back to my original point of, of, and this is just the thing that I struggle with and you just, I guess you have to trust, you got to trust Al Avila and you got to trust AJ Hinch, but it's like, Oh no, no, I don't trust Avila. I trust Hinch. Okay. But there's, there's only, there's only so many innings to go around and you're going to see Riley green come up at some point next year. Hopefully you see Torkelson at some point next year. And that's, that's your answer at first base. How much I got to fucking hear about how he's going to play third. Like that's your answer at first, or it should be. And you know, Riley. If, I, if like, I see another day of him playing third base, I'm literally gonna like blow something. Is it oh, dude, and it would it would be yeah. different. It would also be different if you didn't have Jamer Candelario there. Like he's your best Not player. Even, you have a guy. You have Jamer and you have Isak who could play third. Yeah. And so like okay, and we have no one who can play first. It right. Just, yeah, I don't know. It just pisses me yeah, off. Yeah, but hey, I, I it's. As of now, as we sit here on this date, Trent, I know you were kind of getting ahead of yourself with it. The season's been a success. You can't ask for much more. That's what I will say. That's my that's my piece. So with that being said, the Tigers are back home this weekend. Get out there and go go watch Mickey hit his 500th because you know he's going to do it while they're home. Um, we can wrap up Detroit stuff. Trent, do you have a trifecta? I know we've been going long, but. Well, let's 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 cut trifecta this week. I do have a couple oh, fun questions that I'll hold for next week. But, yeah, we've been going for like an hour and a half. Bob's going to be mad. Do you see I Brock do, yeah. us every week? Brock? 
No, Rob, my buddy oh. Rob tweets every week. If the trifecta is gone next week, I'm unsubscribing. All right, well, <laughs> run it then for Rob. If he's going to no, bitch. just do one, just do one. We can do one. The okay. Unifecta. My one Unifecta. question, and I have to give a shout out to my buddy, Ethan. He shout recommended Ethan. this. He recommended this. He listens every week. I, I don't know about every week, but Rabs, you must have heard your complaint about how no one suggests things. And he Thank just te- you, he, he texted this to me. He said, Ethan in a car. What do you got? Ethan said that running successfully running a fantasy football team should should be able to go on a resume if you're like going to be a, like a business owner or something like that thoughts i hate that because i suck at fantasy football well i do too but i also don't try that hard i guess what i'm saying is if you're extremely methodical and it, it, it does i guess it does kind of speak to the way that you are committed there to something. Is, there is. You're reading the. You're reading the latest news, and you're making moves that are successful. Like it, it kind of. It. I see it. I see it. There is a thing to fantasy football, guys. I wouldn't like. I play fantasy football. I've played it since I was like in fifth grade. I don't. I would not consider myself like a fantasy football guy. Like my roommate, like Mitch, is a fantasy. Fo- I don't. Is a fantasy football guy. Like the guy who like knows what's going on in like training camp. Like week one, he's like, no, you know who's like really doing well in these sleeper like drafts that I'm doing? He's like, watch out for this Kansas City second string running back. Like, yeah, you got to have like guys who are like dialed in from now to like the be- when they draft. And I'm just like, not like that. So I get there is something to like the guy like on the waiver wire at 2 p.m., like 2 a.m., like making deals and stuff. I do think there's some sort of like talent to that. But at the same time, it's like, no, I hate, I, I, I don't know. Fantasy football is such, I hate it because I suck at it. It's just, well, like very- I, I agree. My, my reason I suck is I not because I don't care. It's just the, 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 the reason I always do terrible is because I pick lion after lion after lion after lion. But I did just have my draft. I kept it to full Already? this year. Dude, what? I don't draft until you're you. Your guys are so Already? stupid for drafting this. Well, early. dude, listen, listen. Our league is Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill goes out preseason game one. He steps on a shoe and snaps yeah. his ankle, and he's your first Raps. first round pick. That's cool, guys. You're Sweet. preaching to the choir. Don't shoot Sweet. the messenger here. Sweet I we, we've got six guys too. League, yeah, and yeah. what a sweet league. I got Lamar and Jared Goff as my quarterback. Shout out. But anyways, no, no one cares. No one cares about fantasy either. Like, like when people are like, oh, I, I said. No, no. What? That, like, that's all I they care. care about. No, no. Okay, I phrased that wrong. Collins, if I come to you and I start talking about, hey, Collins, guess what? I sat this guy when I could have started oh, this no, guy. And I, if Fantasy football is. The only time fantasy football is acceptable to talk to to anyone is if you're playing that person. Or yes, if that person that's true. Your, you can't I, talk to someone outside your league. I think it was Big Cat had a tweet about it one time. He's like, dude, no one cares about your fantasy team. Well, he always they always talk about it on part of my tape. So you guys I should agree, see though. this. You guys should see this umpire in this field of dreams dude, game right it's now. Unbelievable. I, well, I've got I it mean, on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Kimbrel almost walked to the to center field, like trying to Dude, did you see I what, love Kimbrel. Uh, did you see what uh what's his name did? Kopat? Yeah. Kopat just literally showed him up. It was great. Yeah. Shout out to um, the field of dreams. Also anyway. shout out Kelvin Johnson. Just just we should oh, at least mention fuck. it. No, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's right. not like we gotta talk about it. He made the Hall of Fame a long time ago, but he gave a speech. He shouted out the Detroit fan base. So do they still owe him money. Do they yes. still owe him money? 
just yes. I'll pay him. I'll, I, I'll pitch in. Disagree. He so signed your you signed your name shit. on a contract, dude. Play out your contract. Sick of it. Different. Uh, to, to answer your question about fantasy football, what's your buddy's name? Ethan. Ethan, shout out. Yeah, I really, I really appreciate it, Ethan. But that if you put if you put anything about your fantasy football team on a job, I, I, just, I'll phrase I'll phrase it like this. Please tell me the both of you know that you should never put your anything about your fantasy football team on your on a job application. Well, I think the the argument he was trying to make, or just the idea he was trying Dude, to, it's a game. Trying, it's like, it's like yeah, no, I'm, I'm good I, at Halo. Guys, I'm good at guys, Halo. I, I, I can lead my Halo clan. We're sweet. I get I it. I, I guess I'm, he's saying that it should be like acceptable to do that. Not that it's like, I not it's that not. he's it not that he's actively not. doing that. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Just, just Ethan. Okay. Thanks for Never writing mind. in. Thank you for writing in, Where's Ethan. We Ethan appreciate Ward? your participation. Rabs begs for fan you. questions and then fans ask questions. Then Rabs fucking rips them. We want me to fucking lie. I appreciate the. I appreciate the suggestion or the comment. Thank you. I just disagree. <laughs> I think it's a, it's a. It's a ridiculous stretch. But okay, Ethan, come back. Fair. Come back with a, ne- a new question next week, and we'll just do. We'll, you can be on the show. We'll have a Ethan. Ethan asks questions. Fair statements section. That's it. Fair, fair. All right. All last, right. Yeah. Last thing I want to do is Calvin Johnson. I don't think anyone has any scorching hot takes no, or anything. Calvin, before. thank you for your service. I wish you would have played a couple more years. Sorry, you were so bitter about this. Is what the Lions are, dude. I don't. I don't. I don't turn my. I don't turn my jersey in three years early because I sick of watching the team. I'm here every year. I do a <laughs> podcast, Motown Rundown. Speaking of the Motown Rundown, that's all for today's episode of the Motown Rundown. For Trent Bailey and Ryan Collins, I am Ryan Rabinowitz. Submit any questions, comments, or suggest topics for the show, just like Ethan does, at Motown underscore Rundown on Twitter or on Facebook at the Motown Rundown page. Do not miss a single episode of the show. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. Subscribe. Follow us. It's free. Just do it. Leave us a five-star rating. Anything less than five stars, we don't want it. Send me a private message. Tell us what I'm doing wrong. And we'll fix it. Don't don't put us on blast. I wouldn't do that to you. I wouldn't throw you under the bus out in the public eye by giving you a two-star rating. That's Bush League. See you next time.